You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We are thankful you have joined in. It is the month of October, and the month of October is... Pastor Appreciation Month, which is, um, you know, there's a month for everything these days, <laughs> but uh, this one's been around for a little bit. And this month on Boggy Talk, we uh, thought it would be a great idea to uh, talk to some other pastors in our area. So today we're kicking it off with Mr. Troy Hamilton from Rocky Bayou Baptist Church. How are you doing today? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Uh, and we wanted just to take this opportunity uh, over the next few weeks. We have a few other pastors who'll be joining us uh, to share. Uh, one of the things we say uh, here at Church on Bayshore every week is we pray for um, a ministry in our area or a missionary we're supporting. And we also pray for another local church in our area every Sunday is that we're, we don't want to just grow our church. We want to build the kingdom. And we just feel like it is so important uh, for churches to be united. Uh, and we just want to share, uh, have you share a little bit. We're going to ask you some questions and let you share with people uh, kind of what God is doing uh, in and through uh, you, your family, and uh, the family of, at Rocky. Um, yeah. Sure so. thing. Well, hey, uh, Justin, first of all, yeah, united in the gospel, Christ. And um, I, I got to say, I've been really um, encouraged by James yeah. over the last couple of years. Oftentimes, you know, it'll be a Sunday morning, eight o'clock and, uh, you know, just getting ready to head over, you know, I've been spending time in prayer, kind of, you know, looking over my sermon and and I get a note from him saying, hey, praying for you right now. And uh, that means a lot. Or sometimes, hey, we just prayed for you in our service this morning. Yeah. And uh, so really appreciate that. Appreciate the partnership in faith, um, partnership in kingdom work here and and around the world. Awesome. Well, hey, just take a minute and introduce yourself to everyone, because I know that People in our church and uh, don't necessarily know who you are, and there may be some things as you're sharing today that people in your own church don't know. So, sure. <laughs> you know, as they uh, maybe like, hey, I didn't know that about him. But hey, just tell us about you, your family. Yeah, well, uh, my my name is Troy Hamilton, and I'm the um, husband of Beth uh, Beth Hamilton or Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth. She's awesome. Um, been married 21 years now. Yeah, congrats. She grew up, she, she's got quite the story, actually. Um, she's super humble and just a Man, a servant of God, mm-hmm. uh, certainly a whole lot smarter and wiser than me. Um, <laughs> often but, a case. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um, you know, most of us marry up, I think. Mm-hmm. But she she grew up in uh, in Chad, Africa. Um, uh, spoke French really before she spoke English well. Um, comes from an amazing family who um, uh, put it out all out in the line to serve Christ. So hey, yeah. When we when we met, we married. Uh, even when when um, when her dad first heard that we were looking to go to a pretty rough war torn country in Central Asia, he was like, "Hey, you know." I was thinking, you know, they may disown me or you know um, call DSS on me, but they, actually, he he was like, "We'll be your first supporters." Wow. And and so anyway, I'm super thankful. Um, so where did you guys meet? We we met in South Carolina. So okay, okay my wife has one. I don't know if I should say this online, but one uh, character flaw, only oh. one, and that is she was born in Texas and oh. she's not proud of it. Wow. I was born wow. in Texas. I'm proud of it. Everyone. But we're is, both. She's uh, literally the first person I've ever heard who said she's not proud they, to be from Texas. They say it's hard to be 
be humble when you're from Texas. However, <laughs> however, she might be the one humble Texan, nice. you know, by birth at least. But she <laughs> she grew up in Florida when she was young. Uh, they moved when she was little to, to France to to go through uh, uh, language training, then gotcha. uh, on to Africa. So she spent most of her life overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to boarding school, uh, high school in Kenya. Um, we have three delightful kids. Our oldest, Grace, is a freshman in college mm-hmm. right here at Northwest Florida. I have a son and a daughter, uh, Tim, who's uh, 15, and uh, Christine, we call her the bunny. Yeah. She kicked in utero and came out <laughs> kicking and moving, and she got places to go. So she's nine, um, and uh, they both go to Rocky Valley Christian School. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, God called you into ministry. Sure. So uh, can Vocational ministry, because as yeah. Christians, we're all called into ministry, Amen. but That's vocational right. ministry. Great, great I wanted to clarify that. Thank you. If I didn't say that, you would probably correct me. So well, <laughs> if I was thinking straight, I would. Yeah. You know, I mean, bottom line is, uh, yeah, Fusion says that mm-hmm. our, your job, my job as pastors is to equip the saints for ministry, yeah. right? So every, every Christian, every disciple is called to be a disciple maker. But in terms of vocational ministry, um, yeah, I started when I was 15. So I say I'm from Texas and I am. But whenever I have, you know, all all around the world thought of a hometown, it's always been Niceville. So uh, maybe that's not totally consistent. Um, But the story of the Alamo has gotten me some real credit with warlords. I have to say (laughs) they get that, you know, Um, but um, you you can claim Texas when it's when it's helpful. Correct. But whenever (laughs) I thought of home, it has been this wonderful town called Niceville. (laughs) So, yeah, we moved here when I was in uh, ninth grade, going to ninth grade. So high school was here. Uh, My parents have been here since. Uh, So this is the place I always came back to, always thought of as home base. And um, so, yeah, I was 15 years old out on Rocky Bayou in a canoe and no kidding, had a shark encounter. And that's when I first like made some promises to God yeah. <laughs> regarding vocational ministry. <laughs> oh, wow. And I forgot about that for a few years. Um, really thought that, um, hey, I was cut out to, you know, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. So I was thinking Air Force. And really it was my right as I was going into my senior year of high school, between my junior and senior year, I went on a mission strip. And uh, I would say... Um, encountered more than anything. I mean, I, I certainly learned about um, you know dependence on God when I'm outside my comfort zone. I right. certainly learned about the the absolute need to share Christ with people. That was mm-hmm. the first time in my life I'd really intentionally sought to to share Jesus with people yeah. um, that I didn't know. And uh, but but more than anything, I discovered what it meant to have a intimate walk with God, with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned. I mean, it's really my my life verse is Psalm thirty seven four. Delight yourself in the Lord, and yeah. He will give you the desires of your heart. And I realized that um, hey, there was there 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 were some areas, particularly in my future, that I was holding back that that had become uh, maybe idols of the heart. Like mm. you know, if I get this is what I need, this is my precious, right? This is what I yeah. need for um, happiness. And and I realized I got to just lay it all on the table. And at the same time, God really through my time in the Word. His spirit was really putting on my heart, hey, I want you to devote your life to the gospel and to reaching people that don't have um, an understanding of the gospel of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And, uh, of course, later that became equipping his church to do such. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, yeah, it, it really went until my last night uh, overseas on that trip that uh, I finally kind of yielded it all and said, okay, I got to follow. If I'm going to follow you, Jesus, I got to follow you all in. Yeah. And that includes even with my future. And um, yeah, so that's really kind of where it started on that's a mission trip. And uh, and then since then, it's been really walking by faith and not by sight and mm-hmm. seeking to follow the leading of his spirit as he's, as he's guided and led. Yeah, I love that your life verse. And I, you know, I think 
growing up hearing that verse or like having that rudimentary understanding that like if I seek the Lord, he's just going to give me what I want. He's going to give me the desires of my heart, but that's not what it means. Oh, you know, so, it's like right, he's right, planting right, right. his desires in our hearts. Amen. And yeah. and then as he transforms us, he's like making what we want, what he wants. Yes. And that's Amen. a that's a supernatural God thing, you know, yes. the spirit work in us. So I want you to share a little bit too, um, your ministry experience. So uh, you guys, you and Beth, uh, then uh, you're married and God led you in your ministry overseas. So I yes. want to ask you, how did God lead you in that process? God call you overseas and specifically to the area of Central Asia where you guys served? I would say, you know, Justin, as Beth and when, when Beth and I met, she, her background was Africa. Um, I had actually spent several years in Mozambique, Africa, as a single guy doing mm-hmm. some missions work. Uh, I had actually spent some time with Bob Tebow, Tim Tebow's dad, as well, about a year in the Philippines. Oh. So I did kind of a an apprenticeship with him right out of college, and um, you know, it was a big time for me, single yeah. guy. <laughs> spent a couple months living with the family, um, and then and basically said to Bob Tebow, you know, hey, put me in the Put me the game coach. I want to go deep into the jungle. So he was like, all right, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Went off into the jungle with his guys, wow. uh, church planners. So I, I always thought tribal missions would be it. Yeah. And so your, your single guy missions experience was way different from mine because I was not in the jungle. I was in the city in which, Korea. Okay, I was in right. South Korea in, the, in a city of like 2 million people. where Concrete was, jungle. That's right. So very different well, missions experience. You know, in God's providence, he actually gave me kind of that experience later. Years yeah. later, I, we actually spent three years in London uh-huh. uh, working with immigrants and refugees, and uh, same thing. You know, yeah. kind of you know, you start out in the jungle and you end up <laughs> and in the like, urban how jungle. How did I get here? <laughs> you know, I go out back in my little postage stamp backyard, and sometimes remember, you know, yeah. the good old days in the jungle. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give any of that up. I mean, there were mm-hmm. certainly hard times, but man, saw God answer prayer, mm-hmm. saw God's grace. So. Uh, when Beth and I met, actually, we got involved in a church in South Carolina. I actually came on staff at that church as I was I was in seminary and 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 finishing. And it was really through God's working in our hearts and lives in the church, and then just um, giving opening my eyes to the needs in Central Asia. Um, had a chance. Um, and by the way, I'm going to use the word Central Asia for security here. Uh, yeah. You can use your imagination a little bit. <laughs> uh, War torn place. It's been in the news a lot lately, but I just can't. For the sake of some locals right. who are still there, can't actually right. shouldn't probably use the name. Uh, a lot of our folks in this area have had some connections there, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, yeah, you know, I I knew nothing about this country. Um, Beth and I again thought it would be Africa, and a guy came to our church who he kind of started recruiting us. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with the International Mission Board at the time. I think we had three. We had two single guys and one family about to move down from uh, another Central Asian country into this country. There was a war going on at the time, and somehow this guy, t- well, he didn't, it wasn't hard for him, actually. He taught me into taking, going on a survey trip with him. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was a survey trip. I just thought we we're going to encourage some some workers there. And, uh, it, you know, it's not a place that missionaries can go in openly, so they were doing uh, international disaster response, aid work at the mm-hmm. time. Later, some of that transitioned into development work. So anyway, um, yeah, I spent, I, I went over there about um, six weeks or maybe two months before 9-11, actually. Wow. Uh, into a, uh, I, I got to be careful what I say, but a part of the country that wasn't controlled by the the real bad guys, and uh, but you know saw for the first time you know some people who are really unreached and yet very open towards relationship. I was shocked at 
how easy it was to talk about Christ in a relationship where you're sharing lives, where they're asking you questions. Why would you come over here and, and, and try to help, you know, all these refugees or the in-country, they're considered mm-hmm. internally displaced people. Um, you know, I find it, I was, I had never really done much with Muslims before, um, again, tribal people, but I, I found that if you're in, in the context of a relationship, you can, you can really talk about how Jesus has changed your life mm-hmm. and, uh, how, how he's opened the door to know God and have a relationship with God because many of them desired a relationship, but they didn't have it. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they were trying to please God, but they were missing yeah. it. They didn't have Christ. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So through that experience, um, I, I came back kind of like shocked. And yet I thought I can't imagine having a family over here. I can't imagine raising a family in this environment, both because of danger, but also just cultural issues, the way women are treated. And, um, and, and so I, I basically told the Lord, if this is you, like, I got it from Scripture that we're supposed to go to the unreached. I got mm-hmm. that. I got it that we're, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. So I should be willing to die for the gospel. Mm-hmm. But it's another, for me, it was a little harder to um, imagine uh, bringing up children in right. a place like this, mm-hmm. in a family. And so I, I told the Lord, if this is something you're calling me to do, um, uh, and if I'm not, you know, I, I kind of threw out a fleece. And by the way, as a pastor, I'm not a big... Um, <laughs> I'm not a big uh, uh, proponent of fleeces. Right. I'm not sure that's like the greatest uh, example of faith, but <laughs> but I did. I, I I basically said, all right, I got two of them for you, God. If yeah. This is what you want. One, uh, you need to you need to open the window a little bit wider because right now it seems like this there's a crack in it, and I don't have my fingers in that window when you sh- right. when that window right. is slammed. Secondly, you need to call Beth, um, independent of me. Yeah, and he did. He did both of those. Nine eleven happened. Uh, within a month, I'm getting phone calls saying, hey, actually, this new government is um, seems to be more open towards Christian, not missionaries, but Christian workers coming over and uh, doing development work and, and uh, you know, particularly medical and education. And so we ended up in engineering. We ended up having a lot of those kinds of professionals come over and work mm-hmm. with us. And uh, and and then um, the, the Lord started giving my wife dreams of this country. And so a year later, we took a trip together. Uh-huh. She was pregnant with our firstborn. And honestly, it was a hard trip. Uh, we got hit by a blizzard. Um, the the shampoo froze in the bottle. Is that cold? <laughs> wow. In our luggage, uh-huh. in our room, that cold. And uh, and yet my wife connected with some of the women. And right. that sealed the deal. So right. I, I remember um, That's, on a frozen airfield, yeah. trying to get out, trying to leave uh, as we were leaving. We were in a neighboring country after a harrowing trip across the border. And... Um, I remember watching uh, the the nineteen uh, fifties era Russian plane, watching them de ice with blow torches. The, the props uh. <laughs> after having having had a run in a mob with probably 30, 40 more people than there were seats in the plane. Uh-huh. So it's kind of you know in the name of Jesus, push, yes. you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and wow. and I remember sitting there thinking, never going back. Right. And this my is wife cool. is like fingering this little um, pendant she had around her heart or her not her her neck on a necklace that someone had given her of the country. Growing up, she had this little silver pendant of Africa around her neck mm-hmm. and that she'd always worn, you know, even when we met, first years of marriage. And then here's this, and she's thinking about, we're going back. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did. Wow. Um, it, it, there was a couple years. There was mm-hmm. a lot of prayers. There was, there was me having to um, pray over my daughter yeah. and give her to the Lord mm-hmm. and say, she's yours, Lord. Please protect right. her. Right, right. 
Yeah, you're, that is a, it's a picture of the, the faith and obedience that God calls us to, you know, and when we have that eternal perspective and we, we say we trust the Lord, it's not just like, I trust you with, the, and I trust you with everything. Yeah. And, and, and that was as for, a parent, you're like, oh, I could it. give my life, but yes. for like to yes. consider that my, yes. my child is going to be potentially in danger because of your call on us, God. I think a lot of people draw a line there. Yeah, and I struggled with that line, mm-hmm. and, I, and as you uh, should. And <laughs> you know, I, t- I tell you, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if this is a one of the questions you want to ask or not, but man, the Lord did work in my heart because yeah. I'm a knucklehead. Uh, you know, you, you you surrender to God, you surrender to Jesus, and then you keep kind of going back and trying to control stuff, take it mm-hmm. back. It's so easy to do that, and and uh, and and so one of my biggest wrestling points there was faith versus fear. Mm-hmm. Fear, not of. I mean, I knew, hey, if something happens to me, I, you know. I'm, Straight shot right. to heaven. Uh, I I was you know I, I had almost died of typhoid. I almost had a horrible case in Africa of malaria. I'd almost been abducted in the Philippines by Abu Sayyaf. I had seen God's deliverance, and hey, I, at, at that point in my life, I was like ready to go to heaven, man. If something yeah. happens, but it's a whole other ball game when it comes to a child. Well, hey, really quickly, just your time there in Central Asia, and I think you know this is a talking about a place that is resistant to the gospel, you know. Government. There's a lot of lot of different places. So, what was your time there like, and what did you do? And we talk about, um, you know, I know at Rocky, you talk about this, and we talk about this here at Church on Bay Shore, just taking the gospel to the nations. And that, and there are places where it's it's closed, and you have yeah. to. How do you do that? What does that look like? Sure. Yeah. I, I prefer not to use the word closed yeah. or restricted access because you can get the idea that that means you can't. You have can't access. do it. Right. I prefer the term creative access. Creative access. That's good. we can get there. I like it, but you got to be creative. And hey, there's going to be risk. But right. if we believe God's sovereign, and if if He's like King and Lord and worthy, like right. worthy, then hey, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like let's embrace risk. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be wise. Wise, yes. And let's be you know. <laughs> I, I'm all for um, you know. Uh, having, you know, security contingencies. And we did, you know, things mm-hmm. that we, we, we paid attention to all that. But yeah, in terms of access, so you got to really think about that. For us, you know, for some people in Central Asia and other countries nearby, you know, business admission is a big thing and, and really helpful. Where we were, we were on the heels of a real disaster and war. And um, so actually aid and development worked really well for us. Yeah, The Lord uh, brought together some uh, medical folks, physicians. We also later had some engineers, some educators. And so we really focused on the areas of healthcare. Um, and when I say healthcare, really trying to develop local capacity for that. So we did a lot of work like with TB, mm-hmm. uh, worked in over a thousand villages, training just locals to provide care and to make sure that, that people took their meds every day for nine months. So it's really a big logistics project, but you mm-hmm. need some doctors there to, you know, to properly oversee things, but we were really trying to help equip and build up the the healthcare system. Later, we moved into areas of like training surgeons, um, training midwives, nurses was a big deal. Um, I taught a course in uh, actually cultural anthropology at the university. I, I was like the, I was kind of the person on the team with probably the least discernible skills. <laughs> so I, I ended up being the team leader. That's kind of how it works, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, I just had some ama- amazing folks working with me. Um, and honestly, the, the most, um, the top, top guns on our team were the single female nurses. They were mm-hmm. awesome. Um, Lisa was one who would go out into these villages, remote villages, spent half her life out there, sleeping mm-hmm. on dirt floors, eating yeah. the local food, really loving people. And as a result, there, there are areas where they, 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 they have the gospel, where they have copies of God's word, where they've seen the Jesus film that are now 
you know, inaccessible, honestly. Right. But where, you know, and there are some believers. Um, so we, you had to have that creative access to get in. And we right. believed in what we were doing. So we yeah. weren't, we weren't um, lying and like, you know, kind of a, you know, just a cover. This was, we were trying to do it in the name of Christ with, to, you know, the best um, projects th that we could possibly do. I, you know, I was teaching at the university. Uh, we ended up doing some other stuff with education and schools, university level and, and out in the village. I taught cultural anthropology. It ended up being a good venue to create some questions mm -hmm. through which students could come and talk to me individually. But in terms of ministry, I mean, our ultimate goal there was to, first of all, show people what a real Christian is. Right. They, they thought Christians, you know, believed in three gods, never mm -hmm. prayed, and were all sexually immoral. Mm -hmm. You know, as MTV was Christian. Yeah, that's, that's, what what, that's what's exported from the West. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, okay, I'm faithful to my family. To, to, they see I'm a man of, I'm, I'm a man of prayer, you know, uh, and, and in reading the word, talking about Christ. Um, and, and actually, a lot of it was just putting yourself out there, like, um, through relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that was the key in terms of making disciples. And ultimately, that's what we were there for, for his kingdom. And, and we wanted to see the church born. And that's all through relationships. And so I mentioned Texas and Alamo earlier. Um, one of my relationships, I can't say his name, it's a long name, but his basic title means boss lord. This is a wow. local with a warlord up in the mountains. And we, <laughs> people call you that at Rocky. Yeah, they no, they don't. I promise <laughs> you. They call me a lot of things, but not boss lord. <laughs> So, yeah, but, but, you know, I was sitting in a room with 100, 100 dudes, uh, gray beards, you know, and Boss Lord was appropriate. That's mm, what they yeah. thought, you know. And wow. uh, anyway, anyway, it was really through relationship. Um, you know, I went up there. We were trying to expand our TB project there, start mm -hmm. talking about that. And, and you know, I, I realized that I was totally boring them to death or picking their feet, you know, just looking at the ground like, who is this young Khadiji outsider, you know. And, and um Finally, I realized I'm, I'm kind of getting nowhere. So I started asking him about their people group, their tribal group. And, and turns out he was, the, <laughs> turns out this guy was the enemy of my governor, who was basically a warlord too. Uh -huh. And um, so, you know, the, a couple of the young guys from our office were pretty scared. They weren't sure we we're going to survive the night, you know. But mm -hmm. anyway, we accepted their hospitality. I told them after hearing stories of their battles, I told them the story of the Alamo. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you guys remind me of where I grew up, you know. And I kind of gave them the John Wayne version, you know, yeah. and and so by the time I'm done, they're like, this is, a, you know, and everybody's dead. Um, you know, all the Texans are dead. They're like, this is the greatest story you've ever heard. <laughs> and they start asking me questions like sizing me up. Like, do you know how to shoot a gun? Right. I'm like, yeah, I grew up hunting with my dad. Do, do you pray? I'm like, yeah, actually, I do. And uh, and here's, you know, what prayer looks like. It's about, you know, an outpouring of a relationship with God. And they're like, no, you don't. You know, the uh, boss Lord's like, hey, we like you. You're not like mm -hmm. most you know, mm -hmm. Karaji's kind of waste of oxygen. You're you're like one of us. Mm -hmm. We like you, but don't you don't have to pretend pretend to be what you're not. We know the Christians don't pray. Actually, I do. And uh, anyway, the the, the 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 locals who were with me were afraid that they weren't going to wake up with their heads in place. Mm -hmm. So they were looking at me like, "Please stop." Yeah. <laughs> so so in the morning, um, I was out having my quiet time, and and I look up at his, this guy. Literally lives in a mud castle. So mm -hmm. he's he's standing outside his gate with about 20 of his guys watching me have my devotions. Yeah. And over breakfast, they started asking questions. And I got to spend about an hour just walking through the story yeah. of creation of Christ. Wow. And, and they're asking the questions. So yeah. it's through relationships. Right. And, 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 uh, and ultimately, at the end of the day, God is sovereign. And the Holy Spirit is, I mean, at the end of the day, we don't, we don't have to be fearful. We, we, we um, know that God even works through chaos. Mm. And it's not about how articulate I am or how winsome I am. Am I just faithful to talk about Christ? 
and trust God to open the hearts. Yeah. And so it's no harder for God to save a, you know, a diehard Muslim guy than mm-hmm. my next door neighbor. That's right. And and so he he, he we saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I just want to encourage uh, again. I want to be cautious with what I say here online, but let me encourage some of you guys who have served um, over there. And uh, maybe you're like, you know, what was it? What was this all for? You know, twenty years of blood, sweat, tears. And, and and now, you know, I mean, pretty bad news on the surface. I just want to tell you, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, and and uh, oftentimes, and there are, <laughs> the place is a lot better than it was before when you look at, you know, um, infant mortality rates, pe- how people, you know, live, their opportunities. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, terrible government there right now, obviously. But I, I want to say what really matters to me, kingdom of God. And we think that before 9-11, there were probably fewer than 200 local believers in the country. And today, mm-hmm. and this is, we don't, this is a, not, this is our best estimate. Right. Yes. We think that there's probably around 15,000 believers. Yeah. Now, a number of them are scattered or in the diaspora, but at least several thousand still in country. Mm-hmm. So pray for them, but God yeah. is building his kingdom. Right. And he'll use knuckleheads like me. Yeah. <laughs> he he's building his kingdom. Yeah. Our job is just to be faithful, you know, yeah. to obey him. Mm-hmm. And and I would say this too, you know, and to be faithful to share Christ to in context of relationships where, where you can talk to people's hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, if they think that you're there to try to win an argument, put a notch on your belt, right. it's gonna go over yes. like a lead balloon. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna mm-hmm. you're not gonna get anywhere. But uh but but when you are humble, when you take mm-hmm. that lower position, you build that relationship. Relationship, right. you you get you start talking to a heart level. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's incredible how open uh, people can be, and right. ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that that saves, yeah. and it's the Lord who saves. He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. So we got to share, and I would just say prayer is something I learned as well. Just the power of prayer, and that has uh, that has impacted my ministry long term. Yeah. Um, but but our first year in country, we we were very disciplined as a team to spend an hour together every day, six days a week. Um, we took a break on Fridays in prayer for our people group, like for nothing else. Yeah. Like not, not for, mm-hmm. you know, your own family needs back in America or whatever, but only that the Lord would save our people group. And and uh, we really saw God do some amazing things, some mir- right. miraculous things and mm-hmm. opening hearts, hard hearts even. Yeah. yeah as you were together. sharing about your time uh, overseas, uh, two things came to mind. One is... Um, you know, you know about being a knucklehead and how God, you know, and, and the, God does the work and your the time spent in prayer and that that prayer time uh, was probably you know God works in that time and I was teaching our students because uh, our student director was out of town and I was talking about we were teaching about Moses and how you know God tells Moses to go back and you know, tell Pharaoh this message of let my people go. And Moses has the excuses. And then in chapter six of Exodus, you go uh, and read verses. The, the first part of this is verses one through, I think it's 10. In those verses, this is like God says, this is what you're going to say. And 17 times the word I is in there. God saying, I'm going to do this. I have heard this. I have done this. You, I'm going to do this. This is what you're going to say. I am the Lord. I, and I said, like, God is the one who does the work. And I think so many pastors and missionaries and, and Christians, we're so obsessed with building our own platform and appearing like we're the ones doing the work and we are not the ones doing the work. No, (laughs) you know, God is doing the work and you know, we have to be at that place. And I, that, that that was the second thing I heard you say was, it's how the, what's your team did. And as I was listening to that, I was thinking, 
really, that sounds no different than what all Christians should be doing in their own cultural context. That's right. you're, saying, you're saying, hey, these are our skills, and we're saying, where can we make a difference? Where can we build relationships? And where can we share the gospel? And w- amazingly, that's like what all of us should be doing as yes. disciples of Jesus, yes. no matter where we live. And I, I, you know, both of those things you just said, I need to remember. Personally. Me too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am talking to the mirror. <laughs> yeah, amen. Absolutely. You know, I need to remember that, uh, no, it's not my power. It's the Lord of the harvest yeah. power. And, and, and so, hey, before I try to, you know, in my own strength, come up with the solutions to the problems I'm facing today, take it to him first. Mm. Uh, I can be, so, <laughs> I'm a knucklehead. Right. You know, often it's an hour into it. I realize, wait a minute, <laughs> oh, I did not <laughs> bathe that in prayer first, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, and then, and then, and then the other thing, you know, I, I think you said about, um, you know, not just, you know, it, prayer, but, but man, um, the, the, yes, uh, putting him first in all of that and, um, trusting in him and, um, yeah, you know, it, it, stripping away ego, uh, it is not about us. It is about His kingdom. And mm-hmm. um, man, I, you know, I I, that, I appreciate you having me in here today just to just, talk about these yeah, things because uh, the ch- we churches need to remember that it's yeah. not about our numbers or our you know uh, our impact. It's it's mm-hmm. His kingdom. Uh, it, man, it's not my church or your church. It's Church yes, Jesus Christ. This is His church. And we're all part, yeah, ultimately, he's, ultimately. He is building His church. Yeah. Ultimately, we're part of that universal yeah, church. That's uh, good. If you're in Christ, if, you're, if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the dead, and you're, you belong, your heart belongs to Him, He's your Lord, your Savior, your mm-hmm. hero, yeah. then, man, you're, we're brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, and, and so, we, 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 we have, you know, there's different local churches and expressions, yeah. but... Man, and I think we need to remember too. It's not just okay, Rocky Bay Baptist Church and uh, Church on Bayshore and you know Cross Point. It's it's Church Jesus Christ in in Iran, right? And in Somalia, right. and these yeah. are our brothers and sisters in Jesus right. gathering. And it's cool because you know, okay, you know, Saturday nights there's Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and for that period of time, we all around the world we're gathering to worship our Savior. Mm-hmm. And when they hurt, we should hurt. Right. And when they when, when when they rejoice, when God's doing amazing things in their lives, we should rejoice. Right. That's where our ultimate affinity needs to lie. That's the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, how did God uh, lead you guys uh, back to Niceville? And then how did your time spent cross-culturally, how does that, how do you see that affecting uh, and impacting, directing your ministry here? Okay. Boy. Yeah. Good yeah. Questions. <laughs> uh, I'll be brief. I've probably told too many stories already. Um in terms of how the Lord brought us back to Niceville, at the end of the day, it really came down to uh, some family needs um, uh, as we were trying to kind of carry balance with what he revealed to us through his word and through our lives, how we could best care for our children. There were some specific uh, uh, special needs that popped up that, that, mm-hmm. that we, we needed to, 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 you know, to change the environment to better care for um, some needs. So we actually—that's actually what prompted us to go from um, from uh, Central Asia to London and actually work I, I, there. We spent three years working mm-hmm. with um, with uh, uh, refugees and um, and immigrants from our people group, and actually helped set up um, teams around Europe working. Mm-hmm. There's a whole refugee highway. Um, you know, some of them were other um, workers, missionaries who had been in in country uh, who had the language and the cultural skills. Other times it was actually national churches that were, were open and so helped build that. But we were in a place where I could, we could take care of some of those medical needs mm-hmm. and, and even educational needs that were, that were there for the, for the family. Uh, and, then, and then that's the same reason why we ended up back in the States. And actually I came to Niceville um, 
uh, I accepted a role within our organization, basically uh, recruiting and training medical folks, even though I'm not medical, um, to, 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 to kind of culturally and strategically how to apply their skills to missions work. And then I yeah. would connect them with teams. So some of that was organizing with Baptist Global Response, uh, disaster response or earthquakes, things like that. The medical side of it, you know, yeah. put, putting teams together to go serve. But also it was actually helping train um uh, t- missionary teams in, in hard places uh, where they were trying to be, get creative with their access and how to use medical people and then then kind of sending those people. Anyway, I, they, they, my boss basically said, you got to be in the U.S. for this. Um, and it, uh, that fit well with our needs at the time as a family. But you can live anywhere you want as long as there's an airport nearby. You yeah. know, and, you know, I don't think Hawaii or Alaska right. counted. You need to be in a place where you can <laughs> right. kind of get around both internationally and the states well, you know. And so... Family here, uh, uh, we had, um, you know, Rocky Bay Christian School had a really good program as well for, you know, some good tracks to help. Uh, and, and so, um, yeah, so we came down to Niceville. Uh, I actually, my youngest brother, Thomas, was a member at Rocky Bay Baptist Church. So I didn't actually come to Rocky as a pastor. In fact, when I came to Rocky, I had no clue <laughs> that I would be pastoring Rocky. Uh, I, I, and and so we came in and and uh, as a member went through that process, spent two years as 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 church members, mm-hmm. and and uh, of course I was having to travel a lot, but um, we did our best to get plugged in to serve the body as we could. I uh, got involved in the missions team, uh, did a little preaching for a while. We had a, we we didn't have a senior pastor for a little while, so I, I, they asked me to preach a little bit uh, when I was around on Sundays, and kind of through that, from the inside, I ended up um, yeah serving as as a pastor there. That's so that's cool. kind of how we came here. That. That's yeah, that's kind of how we came to Niceville. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously God's hand, it's been a joy. I mean, I love this place. I love this town. Um, I love, uh, man, I love our military community. They get the concept of uh, so much in terms of, you know, service, uh, and even, you know, the, will, the, the willingness to take risks for the mission. Mm-hmm. And, and so much of that can transfer well, I think, into being ambassadors, uh, you know, kingdom work, being part of this spiritual battle that, that we've been called to fight. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so my, uh, a big part of my passion, you know, Rocky has um, a lot of, yes, about cross-cultural work. Um, most, we, we support right now 18 uh, missionary families most of those actually were sent out by the church. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to, you know, passionate about us supporting them well. Uh, us, we have some more people in the pipeline that we want to send. Um, and you want to send the proven. So folks who are making disciples here, you know, uh, you don't right. so, crossing salt water doesn't make you more spiritual <laughs> or more right. of a disciple maker, right? And, you know, yeah. so doing it, people who are faithful here, investing in them. And, and so, uh, man, I hope that we'll all um, notice the, the nations here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think bottom line, um, I mean, the Lord's still teaching this to me, <laughs> but it's just the surpassing worth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, you know, it is easy here, and I struggle with this here, to get caught up because we've been so blessed by God, but caught up with the American dream. And I, look, I, I see it as a blessing. Uh, I am thankful to live in a society where if I forgot to lock my, you know, where I don't need a gate, a locked gate and an armed guard outside my house, right, for the protection of my family. If I forgot to lock the door Maybe I would go home and relock it, or maybe not. You know, mm-hmm. what a blessing to live in a society like that, where if someone has a flat tire, probably someone's going to stop. Somebody's going to mm-hmm. stop. Someone helped, Someone stopped to help my wife a couple of weeks ago when her car broke down in the middle of John Sims. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, you know, I love the um, many the, you know the values that we share. Um, but one of the one of the uh, and I'm thankful to live in a beautiful place and a comfortable place. I like air conditioning. You know, <laughs> I do. But you know. <laughs> A blessing can be a curse, and we can start right. loving that so much mm-hmm. that this stuff, this 
dream becomes more important to us than the kingdom Mm -hmm. of Christ. Yeah. And so, you know, Paul mentioned in Philippians 3, he he talks about considering everything rubbish um, compared to the surpassing um, worthiness of Christ. And uh, man, I just, I'm still learning that. Um, but he says, whatever gain I had, I, and he's talking about not just physical stuff, but even his accomplishments, mm-hmm. his education as a right. Pharisee, right. his his religious power, his religiosity, all that. He says, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ mm-hmm. and be found in him. Um Man, he goes on later, he says, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. So I, I don't yeah. think we Christians should be afraid of suffering. Right. Um, I'm thankful for freedom, but mm-hmm. let's make sure we don't worship power. Right. And mm-hmm. that we and that we're all about him. And you know, I think the church today, and this I don't know if I'm answering your question exactly, but I, I through these experiences, God has taught me and is teaching me that. Um, man, when Christ is Lord, when Jesus is Lord, all the other stuff that we may be losing or struggling through, that pay, it's got a mm-hmm. pale in comparison. And I look at our society today, and we're such a fractured society. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to fight about and disagree with, with each other yeah. about. The only thing that will unify us, and the only way we can really shine brightly during a dark time, I think, in our country, is by having that vision of Christ. Yeah. And we share that mm-hmm. as, as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Like, He is Lord. If we really believe and love the gospel and are thinking about that and talking about that, a lot of the other opinions and differences are not going to be as as significant. And some of them are right. go- some of them have gospel principles that relate to how we think mm-hmm. through. Like, you know, as we deal with COVID, we need to think about a lot of things, about not giving into a spirit of fear. We need to think about loving our neighbor. We need to think about... Mm-hmm. Um, about respecting and honoring our governing authorities, even if they make decisions we don't like. There's a lot to right. think it's about, a, right? It's a nuanced conversation and all those things. Oh, yeah. There's a lot mm-hmm. of intersecting, sometimes even competing values, it seems like. Right. Um, you know, the, the uh, one, one good thing I think that's come out of all this is uh, I think a lot of people are recognizing the value of Christian community, mm-hmm. the need for one another, right. the need for the church. Um, and, and I hope many are seeing their own mortality and are calling out to Christ. I mean, we have that answer. But the bottom line is that, that man, if we are really um, focused on Christ together, uh, man, that, that's a stronger bond than all mm-hmm. these things that would tear us apart. And we have right. an opportunity right now, I think, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a church to, to really share the only hope that, that our, our community and our nation and the world has. Right. Well, you did answer the question because I think, you know, as you're sharing your heart, uh, those things as a leader, you know, if you're called, you're called to shepherd the church, well, you're... The passions God's put in you and what you've, I mean, that ultimately trickles out to your church. And so I, it helps, I think helps people understand this is what you're passionate about. The use of the supremacy of Jesus in all things. And I don't know that this is necessarily a modern problem in churches. I think it's been around. It's just more visible now uh, because of the internet and social media. Yeah. But I, I think we see so many leaders in so many churches um, really, it, it appears I and mean, you can't, you know, accused without, you know, part of, but it appears so many pastors and so many churches are more focused on building their brand than like being faithful stewards. And I don't think that's you at all. I think, you know, what I hear you saying is your heart is like, you know, you're, you're wanting to make disciples and, and that's, 
what I hear. And that's what I think the heart, uh, everyone that I know <laughs> from Rocky is, is that that's their heart. They yeah. love Jesus. They're, they're solid people and they want to see people know him. And I, that's amazing. I do want to ask, you know, right now, you know, there's God does different things in different churches and different seasons. So if someone were to say, Hey, what do you, what do you see God doing right now at mm. Rocky? Like, how do you see him at work uh, mm-hmm. in and through the people of your church? That's a good, good question. And I know that most yeah. pastors can be like, here's 10, th- but you yeah, know, like, yeah, what yeah. do you sincerely see Look, God we're, is doing? We're, we're, there is no perfect church. There's no perfect pastor. Again, like I said earlier, it's, it, it's Jesus' church, right? Mm-hmm. So don't any, you know, I, I think a, a danger, uh, particularly in, in kind of in the mega church kind of society is to say, well, this is, you know, John Piper's church or, you know, David Platt's church. Well, mm-hmm. God forbid, like this right. is the church of Jesus Christ. Right. This is not this my Jesus's church. church. I, I'm just called to be a, a shepherd, uh, uh, an under shepherd trying to follow the great shepherd Jesus. So, um, man, you know, in, in terms of what I see happening, all glory goes to him. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there is a renewed um, passion for uh, discipleship. And I, I pray that's, you know, maybe I'm mm-hmm. looking at it with rose colored glasses, <laughs> but you know, meaning like life on life. And I think, honestly, God has worked through this pandemic. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the churches in our yeah. community have seen mm-hmm. uh, a renewed hunger for yeah. intimacy spiritually with other bro- brothers and sisters at time together. A lot of people have been lonely. I- I'll tell you, that, um, a, you know, a Lone Ranger Christian's a dead ranger. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. we need each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe you're tired. Maybe you're, you're, um, you feel like you're a, an ember in that fire that's just about burned out. I just encourage you to get close to another ember, and mm-hmm. and so the, the fire stoke you the can fire, stoke yeah. each other's fires, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and God's spirit can work and encourage you. So I, I think that we've seen uh, more of a passion to actually be together and to yeah. to, to be authentically together to, to mm-hmm. spend time, uh, you know, in in life on life discipleship. Um, I, I, I believe I'm seeing more people being bold with sharing Christ with others. I, I do think I need to grow in that area still. In our culture, there's a lot that would try to keep us quiet. Um, uh, I, I think all of us can, can grow in that area, but but um, I, I'm encouraged to see that. Uh, and I think just an excitement and enthusiasm to uh, to come together and to worship our, our great God and Savior. And uh, so that, yeah. to me, that's that's very, very encouraging. And nothing, honestly, gets me more excited than yeah. when I hear about someone coming to know Jesus. Um, yeah. I got a note yesterday. We, we sent a team to Louisiana to do disaster response, you know, cutting chain, you know, cutting trees off houses. Yeah. And yesterday, um, Billy was sharing how they um, they built a relationship. They got to work the huge tree on a house, spent two days with this Honduran guy who had basically given up on um, Catholicism. He'd given, that was his background. He'd given up on organized religion and and... He came to know, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ, came yeah. to know the Lord through That's their awesome. loving him and spending time with him and, and right. just pointing him to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and sharing scripture with him. Wow. And uh, man, that there, there's nothing greater than, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, from darkness to light. You know, right. there's a soul for eternity. And um, I just pray that God will continue to use us as brothers, as churches, as sister churches to uh, reach our community. Yeah, that's great. Well, as we wrap up, I do want to ask this. So, you know, you've you've been pastoring in ministry now uh, for a while, and uh, and you know, and you're intentional in discipleship, and I know that you you may even mentioned just discipling people and preparing them for ministry missions. Uh, so, if you had someone come to you uh, who's young, just before they even really start out, and say, "Hey, I feel this call in my life." What advice would you give? Or what, what advice would you give your, what, you know, 25 huh. years ago, 
Troy, what what would what would now what would 2021 Troy say to 25 years ago Troy say hey this is what I've learned I think Mark Twain said it he said something like it's not the things that you know you don't know that get you in trouble so it's things that you think you know that just ain't so <laughs> that's good so it might be like hey just shut up and and listen <laughs> yeah of course I I think that's advice I need now too. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, more than anything, um, I, I would say um, to a young, young guy who's feeling called to vocational ministry is you can't give away what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And so go deep right now mm-hmm. in your walk with Christ. Um, man, you, the most important thing for any of us is that we start our day in the Word and in prayer and that we're really walking in His Spirit. It's mm-hmm. a, the, the, everything we do flows out of a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, spend time with me or other, you know, there's more godly guys out there, smarter guys out there, you know, go, be discipled, you know, seek that. Uh, and that's a great thing about, I think, uh, uh, the, this younger generation is mm-hmm. they do, they want they want mentorship. They want right. to hang out with people. Um, and, you know, invest yourself, learn from people, but ultimately make sure that you're plugging into the vine, yeah. uh, you know, that, that that you are abiding in Christ. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so go deep in your walk with him. Get to know his word. I mean, mm-hmm. I, in my her, in, in hermeneutics, the best advice I got that's just a fancy word for basically how to interpret the Bible was read the Bible a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're studying <laughs> original languages and you know genres of literature and all that stuff, mm-hmm. degrees of transfer. But the most important value I got out of that is just read the Bible read over and over and over. And then when something someone says something that doesn't seem right or or something's out of context, you're just gonna know that's a counterfeit. You'll know yeah. that's not right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so uh, I would encourage a man, go deep mm-hmm. um, and be honest. Um, you, 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 you know, ministry is not eight to five or nine to five, eight to four. It, you know, it's, it's, it, it, uh, it, it's about life on life with others, but it, right. ultimately it's about that vertical relationship. That mm-hmm. vertical relationship with Christ has got to uh, be from th- that which everything else flows. So it's not about, you know, who's the most winsome personality or, Who's the smartest guy in the room or, yeah. you know, who's the best apologist or the most um, effusive, you know, the preacher that everybody wants to listen to. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I got to know Christ so that he flows, flows yeah. out yeah. and, and get to know the word well, mm-hmm. everything else is shifting sand. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Faithfulness over time. That's great. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to, to share. I hope, uh, if you listened, I hope this has been encouraging to you. Uh, and we encourage you to tune in again next week. We'll be uh, talking to uh, Roy Osley from Crosspoint. James is going to be uh, interviewing him. Uh, but before we wrap it up, I want to ask you, if you're listening, if you're watching, just, uh, hey, let's just join together in prayer. I want to pray for you and uh, pray for you, Troy, and pray for Rocky. And, um, and just, yeah, his kingdom come. Let's pray. pray. Hey, pray, pray for endurance. That's yeah. the word. That's our word of the year. That's good. Pray, pray, you know, you asked about even advice. I would just say, man, it's, 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 you're in a marathon, right? Not a sprint. So, man, we, we, we've got to persevere. May we walk and not faint. Yeah. So I appreciate man. your prayers for that, that yeah. I would not give up. That's right. Let's pray. God, you're so good to us. Thank you for being a perfect father. And thank you uh, for your faithfulness uh, in and through Troy and Beth and their family um, and in Rocky Bayou Baptist Church. And Lord, we pray for endurance. We ask that you will uh, give strength, God, that you will give wisdom, that you will uh, just show your faithfulness over and over and over again, that they would endure and be faithful to you uh, to reach uh, this community and the nations. Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.